This is the Press Box. I bought the I bought the package at the tire store that I go to. With Grainy and Bischoff. Where I can go back and get them fixed for free all the time <laughs> if you pay me the extra money. That's how many times I get a nail in my tire. <laughs> On ESPN Las Vegas. Ed Grainy is out today. Filling in is Darren Millard. Jared Justice is out today. Filling in is Kira. It's going to be a fun show. I got two people that actually have run over nails before in their lives. I'm excited about this. Unlike Jared and Ed, it's going to be good. I think we're ready to rock and roll today. You got one. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Kira. Shut up. Raiders play. Big game on Saturday, so we brought in the hockey guy. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, it's a very, very good move I have by some us. very key uh, opinions on the Raiders game I'm, and what's going to happen this weekend. I'm excited to get mm-hmm. your opinions because I think yours are probably going to be better than anybody that actually pays attention to the Raiders. Yeah, I don't get all into the deep statistical stuff. More blunt force trauma opinion. Wins are all that matters, Darren Millard. Is that what you're here to tell us? That's exactly it. Okay. And I, I, I want to get into this quarterback thing that we've got going on. we got the... The Novak Djokovic uh, saga that continues in Australia. We 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 got uh, a few things swirling around the studio today. Yeah, it's not a Wednesday in July. There's and you showed up like topics. forty-five minutes sooner than the last time I co-host the show with you. I told you it's all. I I went to Chick Fil A again. It depends mm-hmm. on how long the line is at Chick Fil A. There's nobody in line. I Do got you eat my fast food, food and go. every day. Uh, and for breakfast, yeah, it's become a bad habit. Yeah, not yeah. a good habit. No, but it's okay. Yeah. There's there's no fruit in the house, nothing that you oh, can grab I, like I, a, a oh, granola bar maybe. No, I need something anything warm. like that. No, I need something warm. Maybe bring in a packet of oatmeal. Like I've, no, I've, yeah, maybe, but I need something warm. Like I've done like fruit in the morning or whatever before or granola bar. It's just mm-hmm. no, not the that same. doesn't work, eh? No, doesn't work for Ooh. me. Yeah. It's not not a good habit. I'm fully aware. Yeah. I used to do a show at 10 a.m. So I could like wake up and I'd make my own breakfast, right. just like eggs and bacon. What time do you something. go to bed the night before this show? Uh, between ten and eleven usually, unless mm-hmm. there's a UNLV or a Golden Knights game. Then between eleven and midnight usually. Hmm. Yeah. Quick turnaround for you. Not that bad. That's what I noticed. Yeah, it's still Quick get like turnaround. Seven get, hours. Like, get get here in the morning. Yeah. Still get like seven hours. We're good. <sighs> Although less traffic. Yeah, that's I will, the best I will part. Say that. That's the best part. Almost no yeah. traffic at all. No, no traffic at all. The first bite. Will the Raiders beat the Bengals? Yes. Look at you, Mr. Optimistic coming in here. <laughs> I'm a half full guy. Always you're, have been. You're the cups completely full yes. if you're picking them to beat the Bengals. Well, aren't they're basically the same. Are they? Yeah. Bengals are favored by almost a touchdown. I know. I don't get that. Wow. Look at you. I don't get that. Look, you also asked me before the show, is this Derek Carr's best season ever? Well, based on the playoffs, I, I know statistically, again, you're getting into the weeds of the analytics, and he was in Canada a couple of years ago, but uh, but the whole package and and surviving uh, the ups and downs of, uh, of the off-field distractions, was this his best year? I, I think you can make a case for that. Based on the playoff appearance, and then continuing to 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 put up some some decent numbers, uh, and and going on the road and, and an opportunity to win a playoff game, uh, I, I think he's put himself in a pretty good position. If Derek Carr had been playing well the final four games of the year, mm-hmm. I could I could understand that argument. I could buy that argument. 
But Derek Carr has not been playing well the final four games. Like, they won the last four games of the year to get into the playoffs, right? Right. They scored under 20 points in the first two of those games. They scored 23 against the Colts, and then they did put up 35 against the Chargers. Derek Carr threw for 150 yards in that game. It wasn't because Derek Carr was leading them down the field drive after drive. Like, Derek so you're Carr, saying the Raiders are in the playoffs in spite of Derek Carr? Somewhat. Yeah. No, 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 not somewhat. Yeah. There's no somewhat in there. So here's you're here's, saying Derek Carr's in the playoffs. Here's what Derek Carr has done the last four weeks, basically. The Raiders get about eight to ten drives a game. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr's good on two of them. All right. The other six, he's pretty bad. And the way it's worked out when they played Nick Mullins and the Browns, they only had to be good on two of those drives. When they uh beat the Colts, right? They only had to be good on two of those drives. The Chargers was, they got the ball at like the 28 on a drive. Like it, that was a weird game where they, they got the pass interference in the end zone where it shouldn't have been pass interference and it set them up at the one. Like they had some. Did anybody get fired over that call? That pass, pass interference in the yeah. end zone? No, refs don't get fired too often. Do hockey refs get fired ever? Do, hockey referees get punished. Like, but really punished? Taken out of series, uh, not granted uh, playoff games. Yeah, there's. there's like, but like for like calls. one missed call, not like, like obviously if you have repeated missed calls, eventually mm-hmm. it's going to happen in any sport, but it's just like you blow one big call. Like, no. Like no, nobody got punished after the five minute major on the Golden Knights against Didn't the Sharks. Didn't get uh, any further playoff games that, uh, that post okay. season. Was that a punishment or just a, hey, we're going to schedule it. We haven't made well, up. that's a punishment. We haven't, well, we haven't, it, they didn't get taken out. They weren't already on the schedule and taken out, right? No, they, they were just simply not scheduled anymore. Right. But yes. it, except it was game seven, so we don't know who was scheduled in right. the next round. Right. So they, they, okay. they both got uh, got taken out. Somebody, just, should, somebody should have been fired over that pass interference call. I think the the easy sports fan take that's probably accurate is that most of our referees and umpires don't get punished for bad calls. True. Like across across all sports in the United States. So where are you on 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 what uh, what the Raiders are looking at? Uh, yesterday I said they were going to win. I talked myself into the Bengals not being very good. So here's here's what I think is going to be the biggest key. So you've debated this whole thing with me, and we're on the same page. Y- yeah. <laughs> well, no. That, that's what I'm getting out of this. Wait, I didn't debate the Raiders winning. I just said, hey, good job, because they're underdogs. You just came on here saying you don't understand why the Bengals are favored. You don't understand how the Raiders – you said they're the same. When They're not the same. They're very clearly not the same. Joe Burrow's good at quarterback, Derek Carr. Yeah, not so much. Who would you take uh, if you had to win one game? Joe Burrow or Derek Carr? Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, Derek Carr hasn't won an important game. I guess he won last week. That's like yes. the, the one he's won. I, I think he, he, you could you can make a case that he's won four important games. He won four games in overtime this year. He was the quarterback of, four team, of games that mm-hmm. four teams won. Eh, that's about it. But I think here's to me what the biggest key is for the Raiders to win the game. It is... Max Crosby and the defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. The Bengals offensive line is not that good this year. Uh, They gave up the most sacks in the NFL. Um, They're ranked in the bottom 10 by like pro football focus and ESPN for pass blocking stats this year. Max Crosby top 10 in the league in pressures this year. Pro football focus graded him the number two edge rusher in football this year against the chargers. He was awesome. He had like 13 pressures in just that game. Guy's been really good. If Max Crosby and the rest of that defensive line can beat the uh, Bengals offensive line, it'll go a long way to nullifying any advantage that Joe Burrow 
Jamar Chase, T. Higgins have? Because that's, I mean, that's a great passing attack, right? And the Raiders secondary, it's been better than last year, but it's still not good, right? And so if Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are running free and Joe Burrow's got plenty of time, Raiders are giving up like 35 points in this game. But I think the biggest key, and I think it's a realistic key, and that's why I'm sitting here probably going to tell you the Raiders are going to win the game, is Max Crosby in the defensive line getting after Joe Burrow, getting to Joe Burrow and making it to where he's got to get rid of it in less than two seconds or get hit pretty much every play. And with that advantage and the game being outdoors, does that give uh, uh, Las Vegas any more of an advantage? What, being outdoors? Being outdoors. And the, Do you know the, about the, Derek Carr in the cold? I See, I, but if the def- defense <laughs> is is supposed to be the edge for, for Vegas and it's outdoors, that nullifies Joe Burrow. And to me, that, that brings Vegas even closer into the, the realm of being able to win this game. Unless Derek Carr and the offense go three and out every time, or Derek Carr has three turnovers. In they this were game. able to run the ball. That, that, that's the part that, uh, that impressed me. When? Uh, the uh, last week, kind of. Yeah, in, I know. Overtime. Not not they early. ran. They not ran early. it well in overtime. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, I think, finished regulation with sixty rushing yards on like seventeen mm. or eighteen carries. Like they, yeah. they didn't run the ball well. But at important important times but in in overtime, the reason they kicked two field goals in overtime is because Josh Jacobs in the run mm. game. Like Derek Carr had, I think it was thirty passing yards in overtime. Like he basically did nothing. Completed two passes in overtime that were you know meaningful. It was the running game in overtime. I don't expect them to be able to run the ball particularly well. Like they'll probably be fine, but I don't think the I don't think we're walking away from this saying, "Wow, the Raiders won that game because they were able to run the ball on Cincinnati." I think we're walking away if the Raiders win, it's a 21-17 pretty low-scoring game where the defense did a really good job. Sounds not like it's right up. in Derek Carr's wheelhouse of not scoring many points and winning games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and making important <laughs> plays at, at crucial times. The I will say the one uh, so one area the Raiders have had an advantage late in the year. Daniel Carlson, their kicker, has been unbelievable. I know Josh Dubow tweeted out, I think it was 10 field goals in the final minute that either tied or took the lead this year for the Raiders. And it was it's the most anybody's had in the NFL. The Bengals also have a good kicker in Evan McPherson. And it's going to be outdoors. I don't think the wind's going to be too bad, but it's going to be outdoors and cold. So it's not going to be quite as easy to drill a 54-yarder or whatever it is. But that, I think, is one area where they've had a massive advantage. I mean, other teams have missed field goals these last four weeks. Daniel Carlson has not. It hasn't happened. So that's nullified a little bit by, A, being outdoors, and, B, the Bengals also having a pretty good kicker. So where do the Bengals have this significant advantage that they're getting almost a touchdown? Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow in the passing game. Yeah, and that's that's the most important thing in football. Like, if you have a quarterback that can throw the ball, that's that's more important than literally anything else you can have on a team. And... Burrow's better than Carr. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins are better than. How much Hunter better is Burrow than Carr? The last three or four weeks, he has been significantly better. Like Joe Burrow's been probably the best quarterback in football the last so he's due for three or four weeks. That's my thought because I think like what I think's happened with the Bengals is they had a pretty good season, right? And then they ended the year extremely hot. And Joe Burrow had a two-game stretch where he threw for almost 1,000 yards in two games. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs in one of those games. And that's the last thing we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're like, oh, that's who they are. They're really good. But in reality, their defense is middle of the pack. Their offense is right around ninth or 10th, right? Like, it's not one of the top two or three offenses. It's right around ninth or 10th. But just the most recent thing we've seen, they've been unbelievable. 
obviously, if that happens again, the Raiders are getting blown out. They're losing by three touchdowns in this game. I think we're more likely to see the Bengals regress some and be more what they were the first 13, 14 games of the season, which is still a good team and still a team that can beat the Raiders. They did beat the Raiders 32 to 13, but not this overwhelming juggernaut. I don't think they're in the same category as Kansas City and Buffalo, right? I think they're a tier below those guys. You want to go into the playoffs on, on a hot streak feeling nah, good about it's themselves. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Well, both these teams are, though. It's irrelevant, though. We were just talking about how great Burrow is and how great he's played. And the last I'm telling three you games. that I think they're gonna they're gonna regress. So both teams that. are gonna regress. Well, the Raiders have been regressing in and out of every single game. They'll be like good for a quarter, bad for a quarter. Yeah, they do a lot of dipping. Listen, you don't win every game they've won in the month of December and the one in January. They won by four points or less. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. You, you know don't, what that tells me? You don't keep team winning. Team of Destiny. Oh, you know, well, yeah, and then they lose in the team first round. Team of Destiny. Does Team of Destiny have to win the Super Bowl? No. Oh, that doesn't make any sense then. That, I know. That, that Destiny kind of sucks. I, it, it, it does. <laughs> it, it, it totally. The Montreal Canadiens were the Team of Destiny last year. They lost in the, in yeah, the Stanley kinda, Cup a final. Bad, that's a bad destiny. Yeah. That, it, 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 I don't want a, you in charge of my fate. I, well, <laughs> n- n- that, that's <laughs> never going to happen, and uh, that would be a bad thing for you. All right. If I ended up in, in charge of you. Coming up next, I'm going to grill Darren Millard with some Jack Eichel questions. Ooh. Yesterday, the Lady Rebels defeated Boise State by a score of 73-51. to 51. In that game, Essence Booker for the Lady Rebels had a career-high 28 points and a UNLV record. She went 14 for 14 from the free throw line. Nylander straight in, scores! He slowed up. And with a quick flick of the wrist, put it in the right post. And the Leafs win it in a shootout. Final score, Toronto 4 and Vegas 3. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Sitting in for Ed Graney today is Darren Millard. Also, Kira's here for Jared. It's a fun show. Uh, but thanks for showing up. What? I'm always here. No, that's what I mean. Thanks for showing up. Seriously, because right. the rest of us are just filling in. Just filling in. I shouldn't have shown up, and then that would have been a fun show. Oh, we would have knocked this thing right out of the park. It would have been a train wreck. It would have been a great <laughs> train wreck. FCC would have been on the phone by 7.30. FCC doesn't listen to us. <laughs> All right. Darren Millard's here, so I got to ask you Jack Eichel questions. First off, who's getting traded? Nobody. Nobody. So you think they make it to the playoffs with basically the roster they currently have intact? Obviously, they could make other moves at the deadline, but basically the roster they have intact right now. Is... Nobody, nobody's being traded right now. Oh, so you're just saying right now? Yeah. Who's getting traded? Period. I don't know. Come on. I honestly, I don't know. And and there's different. Well, you do the math. You're you're a, a numbers guy. You you go through and you you take uh, you put Eichel salary in and you got to take certain number out. And a combination of this works. We, we, we've all done it. But until you get to the point where you're actually over by whatever number it is, there's, there's no necessary reason to go down it. Because I don't, if player B and player Y are out, that changes the formula on what they have to do to get under the salary cap. If player A and D are out, that significantly alters what they have to do uh, of the salary cap. So it's, it's it's really a waste of time and energy right now to do that. 
but don't you still look at it in terms of we're going to be fully healthy for the playoffs? So what's important for our roster? For and the I don't playoffs? know that either. Well, whether they're going to be, don't know that. If, but if, you, if you I don't can't tell that. you that they're going to be fully healthy and they're going to have to make a trade or alter their roster because of the salary cap restrictions uh, right now, I can't tell you whether or not they're going to be healthy you, enough in the Stanley Cup playoffs. For that, yeah. Well, I I would have planned to be healthy in November and December right. and have a 15-point lead, but right. that but that certainly didn't happen. Be- when you're evaluating your roster and who you think is best to move mm-hmm. to make room for Jack Eichel. So we're talking the, the whiteboard roster in the coaches' right. room. You, you're you planning yeah. to be healthy for the playoffs until right. some, like if mm-hmm. somebody goes down right now with a, you know injury and they're out for the season, then yeah. obviously you take them off. But like Pacioretty right now, you plan for Max Pacioretty to be back when the playoffs start. Like that's to me, that's how you have to look at it. And sure, if if Max Pacioretty's out for the rest of the regular season, then maybe you don't have to make a move because move him to long term IR and you're good to go. Yes, but as far as planning goes, you still plan in terms of all right, we're going to be healthy when the playoffs get here. Who do we want to have on the roster that gives us the best chance to win the Are, Stanley Cup? Is planning and hoping the same thing? A little bit. Especially in this season for the Golden Knights, given because how many injuries they I, I think had. it's closer to hoping than planning <laughs> after what we've witnessed. Did you hear Pete DeBoer the other day uh, after uh, the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs? And just like, it's it's getting old. The next man up stuff has been marvelous and been eye-opening in, in so many ways. But it's getting a little old. So I think it's it's more hoping and crossing your fingers that, that you're going to be healthy. And this, Pete DeBoer's done more coaching in four months than he ever imagined because of all the different pieces that are moving in and out of the lineup. And it's just, it feels almost like you're just going to have to battle through this until the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and you, you might, hopefully, time, time will come back and, and pay you back a little bit. They're going to be pretty close to fully healthy for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I shouldn't say fully healthy. They're going to have pretty much everybody available to play in the playoffs. Guys will probably be playing hurt, like, you know, Alec Martinez skating around with just broken bones for an entire playoff series. But I I think eventually they're going to be close to full strength, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it's going to be. I hope so. Yeah. I'm not planning for it, but I hope so. Well, you probably should uh, on for On it. that side of it. Here's the thing. You should probably, if you're a front office, you should probably plan for a multitude of situations. Plan for the best? Plan prepare for, for the worst. Plan for all of them. That's that's basically where they are. Right. Plan for the best. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. And hope for the best. Yeah. You, you got that. We should get t-shirts made. No. Those aren't, Let's that's do not that. a good shirt. That's not even a good phrase. And then you could put live well on the side. What is that? And be calm on the other side. Good God. Why are you designing terrible t-shirts? <laughs> you and I. We could go into the fashion this is a business. Bad t-shirt. Let's if do it. If we're making a t-shirt, it's going to say hockey is dumb. I'm also pretty sure they already exist. Yeah, they like there's like do. live, love, pray. So yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that those. Yeah, we're just exist. like taking it a step further though. Here, we're up in the ante. Why are you creating shirts for like 42 year old Southern moms? <laughs> uh, capitalizing on the craze, because the crypto thing <laughs> I missed the boat on. You did. So, miss so the I got. Boat on so it. I got to go 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 down the uh, the the fashion side. Okay. No, uh, but Eichel, uh, like, it's a good problem to have, and we're starting. I've been. In, Cautioning people, just hold off, hold off on, on making any type of uh, assumptions on on Jack Eichel until he arrives. Well, he arrived this week, so we can start down that path a little bit more. Do you think the Buffalo Sabers feel dumb now 
Or do you think they'll feel dumb if Jack Eichel returns to being Jack Eichel? Well, I think that there's part of them that uh, has regrets because Tyler Johnson went out and had the exact same surgery as Jack Eichel right after Jack Eichel. And that was, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, due to Tyler's uh, leaning on Eichel's team and and talking to Jack. And, and then no no player, NHL player, had had that surgery until Jack, and now two have right away. So I, I think the line in the sand that they drew. Uh, it seems so weird. Yeah, it like, really, really became just a, a battle between two parties instead of about what was best for right. the athlete. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's... If there's not regret already, uh, there will be very soon. Like, I think when you hear Eichel say, yeah, I went to dinner the night after I had my surgery. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's be clear. I don't think he was going to Outback and having a 12-ounce steak. He wasn't laying dinner. in a hospital bed. Absolutely right. Unable to move parts of his body. Totally. That's, that's the part it's, where it's like, wow. Totally right. <laughs> and I, I was as shocked as as you when I heard that, that he, after having artificial disc replacement surgery and going through the, the front of his neck and doing everything you do, and then he goes for, for, for dinner that night? If he comes back and is like 90% of what he was, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're the Sabres, you're looking around saying, what did we do? <laughs> like, what did we do? Well, I, I think in, in, in their circles, in the far corner of the office, there's, there's some of that already. Yeah. When you give up, he's a top ten player in the right. National Hockey League. Right, and you got a, you got a good player in Alex, and you got a, a top prospect. But boy, oh boy, when when he starts doing his thing, that's when it's really going to hit the fan. Yeah. All right, coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Get us ready for the NFL playoffs. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Uh, and Ben, before we get to any of the playoff teams, I know you wrote about the Indianapolis Colts this week. What happened to that team? I mean, it's it's the core tenets of reasons why we don't think rushing the football uh, and relying on a really sound defense are going to take you really far in the NFL in today's you know kind of passion attack heavy offensive environment. And you know, once Carson Wentz kind of got behind, once you know Frank Reich wasn't able to put his team in the lead early on in the games. Uh, they kind of fell apart. Their rushing attack fell apart, and, and sub- subsequently uh, they lost the turnover battle, and uh, it wasn't even really a close game. So when you rely on some of these things that aren't really predictive and stable going forward, uh, these sorts of results happen even when those units uh, are looking like some of the best in the NFL. Uh, we've heard uh, both from Frank Reich and uh, the GM there, Ballard, about Carson Wentz and neither one being very committal about Carson Wentz. If you're the Colts, what are you doing at the quarterback position this offseason? Yeah, I mean, it does sound like there's going to be a lot of potential veterans looking to uh, maneuver around in the NFL. You're thinking of guys like Kirk Cousins, uh, Russell Wilson as well. I think there's going to be a few other names uh, potentially available, depending on what happens with the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. So uh, I know it's kind of a hit to take on a guy on a veteran contract, especially a guy like Kirk Cousins, who you may be only getting, you know, top 15 type quarterback play from. Uh, but this, the rest of the roster is in a lot of ways set. Maybe they won't get as quality of performances uh, from, you know, Jonathan Taylor, that offensive line and the defense from the turnover perspective. But and uh, saying that if they get much better quarterback play, I do still think they are a team capable of making some noise in the playoffs. 
Why can't they win in Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question, right? I mean, if they could just take care of business, I don't know. It's uh, you know, Jacksonville plays tough at the end of the season. Obviously, uh, some nice things to build off of with Trevor Lawrence finally having uh, his best passing grade of the season in that Week 18 win, but. Yeah, it is. It's, it's their kryptonite. It's the same thing with like the New England Patriots not being able to beat Miami. I'm not quite sure uh, what the model output is telling me from both uh, based on both those two teams, but I have not figured out uh, the answer to that question yet. All right, Raiders Bengals are the Bengals overrated because of how well they finished the year? I would say yes, and I also think they're somewhat overrated based on how they have actually performed. Right, it's been a lot of you know. It's not really sustained offensive success where they're getting, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, quality plays and those sorts of things. It's been uh, really big chunk plays, broken down coverage in the secondary. Obviously, Jamar Chase capable of separating downfield like few other wide receivers in the NFL right now. So relying on that uh, is a little bit concerning, right, because we haven't seen a lot of really sustained, productive offensive drives where they're sucking up a lot of time on the clock. So I think from that perspective and the fact that their defense uh, really isn't all that great. I don't think Joe Mixon has necessarily been all that great rushing the football either. That I do think that they are a little bit overrated and overvalued uh, given the gaudy numbers that Joe Burrow has put up here in the last couple weeks. In saying that and then countering with the, the Derek Carr and cold weather thing, how many three and outs are we going to have total in this game? We're going to have a lot. <laughs> I am, and it's nice that you say that. I am expecting a pretty choppy uh, performance here especially to start it, you think like the 49 point total moved down to 48 and a half already. I still think that is a really high, especially if you factor in uh, the Raiders strength, right? Their ability to generate pressure without blitzing uh, that kind of plays into the one area that Joel Burrow has struggled in, right? He's been really good against the blitz, but when teams don't necessarily have to blitz and they're not sending that extra rusher, he's having a little bit more difficult time actually reading some of those coverages, taking advantage of those defenses. So if the Raiders can generate pressure without blitzing, we're going to see a lot of three and out plays. We might see one or two deep shots from Jamar Chase that don't connect. Uh, and I think we're going to see a pretty low scoring affair kind of heading into halftime here for the Bengals and Raiders matchup. So if we have Bengals being slightly overrated. The Raiders got in the playoffs by winning four straight, but they did it by winning four straight games by four points or less. Um, what do you make of the Raiders? How good actually is this team? I mean, it all comes down to, you know, Derek Carr's performance, right? He's been a top 10 PFF quarterback, kind of done it with a number of auxiliary weapons, right? We did see Hunter Renfro uh, kind of come on here in the second half of the season, kind of being that one guy, uh, but, you know, now they have Darren Waller back. Waller wasn't necessarily all that involved in that week 18 Sunday night game. Uh, but they've kind of started to develop some of these weapons. Zay Jones can win downfield. He's been a guy that's definitely come on strong here as of late as well. And I do think he kind of offers uh, a differing viewpoint for defenses that they have to cover uh, than what Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller offer underneath. So I think, you know, it's based on Derek Carr and it's based on how much pressure they can actually get from that front four, that front seven who has been, you know, a top five pass rusher in the NFL. And I do think uh, from that perspective, they've done it in kind of these wild ways in the last couple of weeks, really tight matchups. We still have them as, you know, kind of a league average team. But in saying that, uh, we have the Bengals outside uh, of the top 10 rankings in our, you know, power rankings for PFF.com. So I think that's it. I think the Raiders are definitely going to be able to keep this one close here. And I do think it's probably going to finish uh, within a field goal differential. I'll ask the question, but it'll sound like it's too different questions but it's really the same this game's more important for Derek Carr or Joe Burrow or there's more pressure on Derek Carr or Joe Burrow I think there's more pressure on Joe Burrow 
uh, and the Bengals, and I also think it probably matters more. I do think uh, overall, um, you know, Derek Carr is at least shown from my perspective enough to be a guy that can definitely win in Las Vegas, and I do think it's the pieces around him that have been uh, really difficult. On the flip side of that, you know, Joe Burrow, the Bengals, they're supposed to be this team, this up-and-coming team, have probably the best wide receiver unit in the NFL right now. Uh, so I do think that creates a lot of pressure on the Bengals to perform something to obviously build off of. They did, you know, greatly exceed their win total of six and a half games here in 2021. But if they lose in the wild card round at home, I still think that's going to leave a pretty sour taste in their mouth. So I think the pressure's on Cincinnati. Uh, and that's kind of when the Bengals, uh, when the Raiders have been at their best, right? They haven't necessarily had to live up to lofty expectations, especially with John Gruden out the door, especially with all things that have happened to them. And that's been when they've been playing best. So I do think that the Raiders... Uh, kind of playing free, uh, not necessarily have anything to lose in a lot of ways. I do think that they're going to put up a pretty solid performance here on Saturday. All right. Ben Roethlisberger said that they are 20-point underdogs against the Chiefs. They're not quite 20-point underdogs, but I, I kind of think they should be because the Steelers look like one of the worst playoff teams to ever exist. Yeah, and we definitely agree with you from PFS perspective. Obviously, we've been low on the Steelers uh, for the last two years, even when they were you know undefeated to start the season. Everyone had them as the number one team in the NFL, but Ben Roethlisberger just isn't capable of elevating the play of those around him right now at the quarterback position. I do think, you know, he's probably hung on just a little bit too long, really low PFF passing grade, really low grade in general. So uh, they definitely, I would have said not been a playoff contender whatsoever. And I do think uh, I agree with you. I do, you know, the chiefs, uh, have all the opportunity in the world to blow, blow them out. Going back to your previous question in a lot of ways, though, uh, the pressure is 100% on Kansas City here. Obviously, they have to avenge their Super Bowl loss last year. Uh, and the Pittsburghs are kind of just you know rolling the dice. They have nothing to lose whatsoever. They're going to come out here uh, pretty aggressive uh, and probably take a lot of shots, hopefully downfield, if Ben Roethlisberger's arm can handle that. Uh, and if a couple of those hits, I do think maybe that's going to keep this game a little bit tighter. But uh, when push comes to shove, I do think Patrick Mahomes, best player in the NFL, and I think he's going to be able to separate from a Steelers no matter what they kind of do here um, on Saturday, Sunday, sorry. If the Steelers do win, what has to happen? <laughs> um, besides, like, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt on the first play of the game and everything just going to, you know, complete disaster, uh, they obviously have to get high, you know, pressure on Patrick Mahomes, when they do bring pressure, they also still have to maintain their coverage, right? We have we have seen Patrick Mahomes be able to drift out, alleviate pressure, find guys downfield. That is kind of where he has been at his best. Uh, so if, if the Steelers bring pressure but don't necessarily get home on Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be uh, one of their downfalls as well. So they have, have to absolutely back Patrick Mahomes probably in the range of like six to eight times on draft packs. He probably has to have one, of those, one or two of those really poor turnovers that he was having kind of early on to start the season. If one of those flips uh, in the Steelers' direction, maybe they get a pick six or then maybe they get an easy touchdown uh, on, a, on a turnover deep in their zone. That's the type of environment uh, that they're going to have to win in, the, in, the, in, a, in a game that probably comes down to like a 26-2017 uh, type of matchup here. So I think, you know, obviously they have to keep it really low scoring. Uh, Najee Harris probably going to have to hit 30 rushing carries. Uh, and that's kind of maybe the only pass that I see there the Steelers potentially winning if we're looking at uh futures bets for the Super Bowl or just winning the AFC uh, are you running from the Titans because you don't think they're very good or do you think there's value there in being the one seed having the buy and not even being the favorite out of the AFC oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave 
live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Kira, have you heard Darren singing the national anthem before? Before that? That was my second time hearing okay, it. Okay, it's good. Did it get better from the first time? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like oh, absolutely. Get, you get used to it, it gets don't better you? every time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. All right. There are two chances, two places for you to go watch the Raiders game. First, Ari from Cofield and Company is going to be out at Sky Bar and Grill out on Sky Canyon Park Drive. If you show up in a Raiders jersey, your first draft beer is on the house. That's Sky Bar and Grill. Ari will be out there Saturday. Game starts at 1 o'clock. But you can also go to the M. Q's going to be out there from Raider Nation Radio. Q's kickoff, he'll be out there at 1030. So if you want to go early, if you want more than just the game, you want to be there early, go out to the M, Q's kickoff, 1030 a.m., and you'll be able to hang out with Raider Nation Radio before the Raiders take on the Bengals in uh, their second playoff game in 18 years. Long time. I, I know Ari better, so I would rather hang out with him. But Q is my boss, so uh, I think everybody should go and and, and really just pay tribute to Q. I and... think Q will be okay if you go hang out with Ari. Really? Yeah. Okay. The M's closer to my house, so that's I'll probably the one go. I would I'll choose. probably go see Ari first, and then I'll spend the most time with Q. Okay. All right. So yes, yesterday you were on our show, uh, and you said that Alex Petrangelo would be in your top five of people you just want to sit around with, have a beer, and talk. Yeah, chat with. So if Alex Petrangelo is in the top five, who else is in that top five? What are the other four names on that list? Zach Whitecloud. Really cool guy. Okay. Uh, just to be able to sit around and shoot the breeze with. He probably still gets ID'd, I'd assume. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. He's got a baby face. He 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 does. Uh, I So a couple of defensemen there. You don't there. think he Can, gets ID'd? I get ID'd. Uh, well, Everybody gets ID'd because it's it's the law. You have to. No. If I get ID'd, like, then it doesn't oh, really mean much. You don't get much. ID'd. Come on. It doesn't mean you much. You look old. I'm, I, that's what I mean. I'm very old. I'm, I'm saying ancient. you don't get ID'd. The, uh, the Petrangelo White Cloud, I'll go from Vegas Golden Knights from a local angle. Then I'll throw in Phil Mickelson. Okay. Ed Belfour. Because he's fascinating. There's so much going on up there. And. Why not, uh, like, John Bon Jovi just hang out? Do you know anything about John Bon Jovi? I uh, just like his music. Okay. You're just picking a random He's just musician. A, just okay. a cool guy. Okay. Every, I mean, every time, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying, every time John Bon shows up on the TV or, or on the Instagram stories or something like that, I watch it. You call him John Bon? Yeah. You're close with John Bon? Yeah. Tyler, do you even know who John Bon Jovi is? Uh, I know the name. Couldn't recognize him if he walked in here. <laughs> I thought so. I think you could recognize him. I'm, no, I'm saying if he walked in here... I wouldn't be able to say that's John Bon Jovi. Seriously? Yeah. He, he, if he walked in here, I might be like, oh, that's a famous person. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what he looks like off the top of my head. No. I so. All I'm thinking is Steven Tyler right now. I know what Steven Tyler looks like. Okay. But that's what's stuck in my head. What about Meatloaf if he walked in? No, no chance. Who's no Meatloaf. Really? Yeah. I do think, though, like the answer to this question, musician is probably the best way to go because I feel like they've got the best stories. Like, if you were just to talk to somebody for an hour and just have them tell you stories, probably musicians. You know who's a pretty cool guy is Michael Bublé. Do you know him? I mean, I know who Michael Bublé yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, he's a Do really... Do you know him? He's a really cool... He used to come on our uh, hockey show. In, oh, did he? Our, our noon show. Is in, he like a big hockey Canada. fan? Oh, yeah, huge, okay. huge Canucks fan. 
Uh, but uh, he's a really cool guy. He can he can go in a lot of different directions. You're not just, hey, what's your? How do you write a song? Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. He yeah. he can go everywhere yeah. with you and and have some fun. He's right. fascinating. So I'll give you I'll give you Las Vegas sports centric here. Who I'd want to sit down and talk to. Number one, Gerard Gallant. Okay, even though he's not here anymore, Gerard Gallant still makes the list. Number two on my list is AJ Cole, the Raiders punter. I don't know if you're aware of this, but earlier in the year, the first time he talked to the media, he started talking about how he will go around and ask teammates who they think would win in a fight between him and the kicker, Daniel Carlson. And he would ask them who he think who would win in a fight between him and the long snapper, but the long snapper wasn't allowed to have thumbs because obviously the long snapper would win if he was in fair fight. But if you took away the long snapper's thumbs, who would win in a fight? Did he not also convince Carr to... Throw out his hair. Yes. So I think AJ Cole, very high on the list. That sounds like a bored human being to me. Like what, what, he's what the he's doing going, yes. I know he's going around talking about all this stuff. Sounds like he a very punts 15 times yeah. at practice. And he's like, all right, I'm good. I got it down. I don't need to do this anymore. And then he just starts like, all right, I could be two you jobs. Fight. Stretch the hamstring and punt 15 <laughs> times. That's it. I would put Liz Cambage on this list. Um, she's technically not a Las Vegas ace at the moment. But Liz Cambage seems like a lot of fun. You're rounding up a lot here between Liz and Gerard. I am. because, And guess what? I'm going for somebody else who's also not employed by a team anymore. Kathy Olivier, former UNLV women's basketball coach. Hands down the best coach interview on the show. Like, she's tremendous fun to talk to. Why? Just, she, she'll talk. Like, mm-hmm. a, like not there's no coach speak at all when you talk to Kathy Olivier. She'll tell you whatever's going on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, those are, I think that's only four. Then it was only four. One. Yeah. What about me? No, thank you. You? Yeah. I'm I'm getting paid to talk to you for three hours. I'm not going to choose another hour where I don't get paid to talk to you. Are we going to talk about you driving into your house? Uh, eventually, we'll get to me driving into my house. All you right. smashed into your house I with did. your car. I did. It's pretty good. All right. Coming up next, the front page.